0: This episode is brought to you by Recall Buzz, powered by VINsmart. Learn more about how we can help you with fleet recall management and maintenance updates, as well as capture vehicle history and VIN data. Give VINsmart a call at 1-888-950-9550, or visit us on the web at vinsmart.com slash businesses. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information,
1: and expertise to the Anva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AmvaCast. This week, we are diving deep into a specific topic around driver rehabilitation, and I'm uh, really excited to welcome to the Amvacast two representatives of the Association for Driver Rehabilitation Specialists, their Executive Director, Elizabeth Green, and their Chair of their Government Relations Committee, Cassie Churchill. Cassie, Elizabeth, welcome to your first appearance on the Amvacast.
2: Thank you, Ian. We're really excited to be here today.
1: Yes,
0: thank
1: you, Ian. Your, your organization, the Association for Driver Rehabilitation Specialists, um, which I believe you refer to as ADED, um, though the letters don't match the the names. You can tell <laughs> me why why it may not be an acronym or not. Uh, but can one of you just kind of tell tell us about the the organization itself?
2: Sure. This is Liz. I'll be happy to do that. And I, I always love to start with why our letters don't match up with our name. ADED was originally started in the 70s as the Association for Driver Educators for the Disabled. And the intention at that time was so they were really working with drivers that had come back um, from combat injured and really trying to work with the VAs and, and those things to get those folks back behind the wheel and the the primary group um, there were some occupational therapists and mobility equipment dealers at that time but the majority of the membership at that time were driving educators or driver evaluators the organization and the types of clients that our members continued to see over the years really expanded as did our member base and so we are clinging tightly to the old ADED, ADED, because that's where we started, and that's our foundation, but we're now really known as the Association for Driver Rehabilitation Specialists because that encompasses a wider range of the services that our members do, and it also reflects our multidisciplinary membership. So we have members in the healthcare field, such as occupational therapists, to the driving education field, um, driving instructors, and whatnot, and beyond.
1: And what year does that go back to where the, the roots starting with uh, helping veterans return to the road?
2: 1977.
1: Okay, so a lot of focus, I would imagine, you know, soldiers returning from from Vietnam at that time, and that was kind of the the roots of the organization.
2: Yes, certainly. Um, And then, you know, there was a rehabilitation movement going on at that time as well, helping people that have had disease or injury and and helping those folks through say occupational therapy and the other rehabilitative therapies to help people um, get back to their daily lives, back to work, back to school, et cetera. So those professions all really kind of collided at about the same time of the social movements.
1: So I know we've been working with you on a documentation that you've recently released called recommendations for state driver licensing agencies around this topic of, of rehabilitation. So it was a initiative of your organization. Could one of you tell me the history, what, what was happening in your community? What were the discussions that led to recognizing the need for creating this type of resource?
0: Yeah. So first and foremost, again, thanks for having us on. Um, I'm kind of a unique uh, chair for this organization because I am not a driver rehab specialist. And I think it's important to mention that I currently work for a manufacturer that modifies vehicles for wheelchair accessibility. brawnability is the name. But prior to that, um, I spent quite a bit of time working in a retail setting at a mobility dealer. And what mobility dealers do is they add equipment onto vehicles so that people can drive based on what their abilities are, among other things. But um, as it relates to this organization and kind of what we're talking about. So I mentioned that because this government relations committee is really a collaboration of auto mobility industry professionals. So there's folks like me that have the background of the retail side of it. We also had a couple representatives from ANVA that helped us with the document. We had folks from the state Volk rehab departments that helped us compile information as well as our members that are driver rehab specialists. And really the intent was to be able to provide to those state licensing agencies and those communities, a resource to be able to help with medically at risk drivers and their communication with a medical review board or things of that nature. And it's to stress the value that a specialist that is trained and certified in adaptive equipment and how to assess for the needs of a driver that might be medically at risk and what their testing and their procedures can do to assist in making the best decision for that driver. And the intent really was to offer it as an education tool for those SDLAs to say, hey, we can help you. We can help make this decision easier or we can give evidence-based information to determine are we, are we okay to have this person continue to drive or is there some recourse that we can help you with to make sure that we have safe drivers? And we just felt like there was a bit of a hole in the communication process between our driver rehab specialists and our professionals in their realm of this automobility industry and that licensing agency. And so we just wanted to fill that hole um, so that there was a good line of communication so that we were making the right decisions for those medically at-risk drivers. So I kind of call it my baby because it seems like we worked a really long time on it. um, And we are very grateful for AMBA's support because there were certain perspectives that we just didn't quite understand of the perspective of those SDLAs in that specific community.
1: So what were some of those perspectives or eye-opening moments uh, that allowed to to bridge the gap between maybe what rehabilitation experts and professionals thought of or assumed was happening in the motor vehicle side, bringing everybody around the table together, which I think is a real admirable approach for that collaboration. What were some of the, the more revelatory moments that said, oh, you know, we really hadn't considered it that way. And that really changes maybe the way we approach the topic.
2: There was a couple of things, and this is Liz again, a couple of things that kind of came to my mind that, and and from our members standpoint, you know, there are states that do not have a medical review board. And so our members in those states are evaluating drivers with no place to send these recommendations or no partner from the regulatory side on how to best guide those drivers. Either they're going to drive with adaptations, thus having an altered driver's license or advising that drivers are unfit to drive with, you know, other than reporting back to the physician, that to us was, was a concern that at the regulatory level, there wasn't really a way to communicate what our professionals are seeing out in the field and back to those that, that are over the responsibility of, of driver licensing. The other thing that we noticed is that some of our folks in states with medical review boards, they were feeling like they were underutilized, that folks were not being referred for that comprehensive driver evaluation to where that outcome could have been more positive for that driver had the state had that full information on what the driver was capable of doing or what the modifications could be to help that driver be safe and to earn or keep their license.
1: So you both have referred to modifications and, you know, whether it's for the vehicle or driving restrictions, you know, those that might be listening that aren't as involved in this part of driver licensing. Can can you maybe dive a bit deeper and illustrate when we talk about we can make modifications to make them safer? Define that a little bit further for us.
2: Sure. Um, Modifications can be in the way of modifying a vehicle so that it's easier for the driver or passenger to enter or exit the vehicle or to store the mobility device like their wheelchair, walker, etc. There's devices to make it easier to operate the vehicle for steering devices, gas, brake, pedal, um, adaptations, or different ways to make the car go, if you will, depending on if that person has some physical limitations. And then there's also some adaptations that can be made behaviorally. So if we have drivers that have some cognitive issues or some learning disabilities or other, other things going on that's not necessarily physical in nature, then our specialists can work with those drivers and teach them techniques to be a safe driver and to be a competent behind the wheel.
1: And so when you make a document recommendation for state driver licensing agencies, I think, Cassie, you talked about kind of closing that, filling that hole, that gap that might exist. What are you hoping now that that document is out? If a state driver licensing agency was to to read the document and try to absorb it, what would be your hope that they would take away and, you know, be able to do on their end of this equation?
0: I think the thing to take away from it in simplicity is know who your people are. So know where your resources might be. Utilize the ADAD community of driver rehab specialists because, you know, we're not just nationwide, but let's just talk about us, you know, as a nation, they're all, they're all over the place, right? And so you should be able to connect with someone that can help you through that process in your actual area. So there's that. And obviously understanding all that goes into that evaluation process. To touch on what Liz was saying, one of the things that really stuck out to me that I think was also a little more eye-opening even to AMBA is the clinical aspect of what our driver rehab specialists do. They're not just the guy that is hired at your high school to teach the kids you know, how to drive when they're 16 or whatever. There's so much more involved. There's so much there's so much more medical background that has to be brought into place to know like what kind of disability do you have and how does that affect your ability to function behind the wheel so I think that was obviously very interesting but I think ultimately the takeaway is like I said find your resources and for me it's make it a collaborative educational experience and what that means to me is connect with all of those folks in your state or in your geographic area that can make a difference in those decisions so it could be the dealership that's installing that equipment that liz was just talking about it could be a state funding agency that might be paying for that equipment the driver rehab specialist the medical review board and then make that educational, like, hey, here's some new equipment that's out there. Let me educate you on some things that are going on in the community, in the driver rehab community. So, it's the again, it's filling the hole as a collaborative kind of educational tool.
1: And, and so, beyond the, what the MVAs can can deal with it, what might be changing on the side of the rehab specialist, the, the your core members. Has this allowed you to make recommendations in terms of how they may be able to adjust and grow in the way they work with motor vehicle agencies?
2: Yes, absolutely. One of the messages, in fact, we have a town hall with our members about the same document and our take-home message for our members is that communication piece. There are some states that have exemplified the kind of best practices, if you will, of regular and frequent communications between the driver rehab specialists, those mobility equipment dealers, and the state driver license agency. So when all of those folks are sitting around the table and going and talking about um, current regulations and having those communications on how to streamline processes, have a better understanding of each other's roles and responsibilities in determining fitness to drive, then those are the states that um, the consumer really seems to benefit from because they can get through the process a lot faster and more efficient when all folks are working together towards that end.
0: And it's a safe outcome. That was the biggest takeaway. I think like we want a safe outcome for all of our consumers.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Whatever that final decision is that the state would make, our input is really to help with that. And even if they're able to have those regular communications, then that really helps with the process as well.
1: And so you spoke a little bit earlier about explaining what the association, the membership is and and what it's about. What are some of your other priorities and projects that are going on that you think might be of interest to the, the larger licensing community?
2: So with this document, you know, we're really trying to help communicate that out and we really appreciate ANVA's support and sharing this with the agencies. And then, like I said, we're sharing this with our members uh, at the grassroots level. What we're really hoping is to spark those more local regional conversations, empowering our members to reach out to the state driver license agencies. On the horizon, um, we're looking at continuing our partnerships and communications with vocational rehabilitation. That's an agency that helps support driver rehabilitation and helping drivers and consumers with disabilities get back to work or school. And then um, also just working on helping the general public understand that this profession is there We're there to help you. We're here to help adult children of older drivers determine fitness to drive and and help make those difficult decisions that can come with becoming older and driving and helping parents guide their new drivers with disabilities into becoming licensed drivers and safe drivers.
1: And I know that both of you joined us uh, in our virtual workshop last month to discuss uh, this topic and, and the document. I was curious if you had any observations or your experience interacting directly with our members through that virtual workshop and in law institute in March.
2: Well, I can say I was just blown away by the support and the interest in this topic. Um, and to me, that just that signals that this is a wide ranging issue amongst all states and jurisdictions within the United States. And if AED can be a part of that, then we're more than happy to, to continue that outreach in, the, in those conversations. I also saw some requests and conversations for those folks working directly with the license agencies at the license offices and trying to get more education to those folks that have direct input or direct line to people coming in for licensure and and just general education about different disabilities they might be encountering or the adaptive equipment or modified vehicles that they might be encountering when they're doing a license check with those folks.
1: Liz, if I can ask you, because Cassie kind of gave some of her background when she started talking. When we have new folks on the Anvilcast and folks that maybe aren't, you know, regular personalities in the Anvil world, we like to learn a little bit more about them. Can you share with us some of your background? How long have you been the executive director for the organization?
2: So I have been ADED's executive director since two thousand and eight. I was an ADED member. Prior to that, since 1999, I'm an occupational therapist and, um, A hundred years ago, I earned my CDRS and I I, I had started our, I live in a smaller town in, in Western North Carolina, and I had started a driver rehabilitation program at our local hospital where I was working. And the reason that program got started is because, you know, physicians were being asked to determine fitness to drive. Well, I don't know one physician that has the time or the gumption to get in the car with somebody and make that determination. So they were turning to our occupational therapy department to help make those decisions and through some continuing education work through ADED and earning that certification as a Certified Driver Rehab Specialist, I was able to, to get that program up and running our service area is about 300,000 people. It's, it's kind of a mix of urban and rural area here. But um, I've just, that's, it's in my blood driver rehab. I'm an occupational therapist. So, you know, my focus and goal always is independence and self-sufficiency where possible. So it just, it was the perfect specialty within my profession to get into. And, you know, ADED has always been there through this career of mine. So when I had an opportunity to to sit on the board and then given this opportunity to to help lead the organization as our executive director, that was, I didn't even take a half a second thought to, uh, to say yes.
1: And you're still down there in North Carolina?
2: Yes, sir, I am.
1: <laughs> Cassie, where, where are we talking to you from?
0: Oh, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So we are a little bit cold right now and we're trying to fight off this. I don't know if you heard, but we're in the middle of a pandemic.
1: You don't say. Uh huh. (laughs) And Michigan is, yeah, Michigan has certainly been in the news a little bit lately.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Well, I hope you're both continuing to stay safe during during all of these times and really appreciate you joining me today to talk a little bit about the organization that, you know, we've talked a lot with in the past. We're glad to see this partnership opening up and expanding, um, not only with the document, but by you participating and hopefully having more opportunities to collaborate going forward. To that point, is there any thought about what might be next in this conversation now that this document is published? Where does it go from here?
2: Well, from here, I would just I would love to see this continue its journey at the local level, especially at the state level where regulations are being written, and to know that driver rehabilitation specialists can be a valuable resource when making fitness to drive decisions. A future partnership that I would just be thrilled to get into with, with AMBA that I believe that the AMBA membership is asking for is that continuing education piece for those providers that are working at the license offices and, um, you know, helping give them some support when they're working with drivers with disabilities
0: or special needs.
1: Cassie, anything left from you as you look out in the horizon of the future to start to wrap us up?
0: No, I think Liz really recapped it very well. I, I, uh, I would like to just, again, thank AMBA's involvement thus far. To go back to your question of our thoughts on the virtual uh, conference that happened, I was also blown away. I appreciate your members being so actively involved, and I hope that they would digest the information that's on that document and offer whatever feedback they can. We feel like it's a living, breathing document, and we're happy to, to make changes as we go along. So again, just thank you for your time. I, I look forward to the partnership.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you both. Really appreciate it. It's been great to meet you through this format. Hopefully the next time we'll be in person. Want to uh, thank all of our listeners for listening into this episode. I guess uh, the one thing before we sign off is we really should tell everybody where to find this document that we've been talking about for a half an hour. Liz, you know, if folks are looking for this. Where's the best place for them to go and find it?
2: Well, if this message is going out to your ANVA membership, I believe it is somewhere on your website. It is and, indeed. Yes. Um, and it's, we also provide it on ADED's e-learning website. If you navigate to www.aded.net, N-E-T, we can help you find it there as well.
1: Great. Well, again, thank you all for listening. You all get to hear my dog barking in the background, another sign of the <laughs> pandemic we live in, but that's okay.
2: It's a great way to sign off.
1: It's not a bad way to sign off. I want to thank our producer of this episode, Chelsea Hadwin, and we'll see you all the next time on the Amvacast.
2: Thank you, Ian.
1: Thank you. Stay well, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Amvacast hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode is brought
0: to you by Recall Buzz, powered by Vince Smart. Visit us at avocast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.